When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, uh, it's another Monday, so you know exactly what that means. It means that it's time to break down another loss by your Denver Broncos. Oh, it's getting real. I'm getting really, really tired of this. Uh, this hurts. It just hurts. Just sucks, man. This is not how I want to spend my Mondays, especially because we're not beginning the good news that Nathaniel Hackett has been fired as a head coach of the Denver Broncos. In fact, we're getting news of the opposite, uh, which of course is um, not going to be making any one of us happy, at least like less than 1% of us happy. It's, uh, it really is a trend that I do not like to see. It's probably something that we're going to have to suffer through for the rest of the season. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Mile High Report Horse Tracks Live. Um, of course, I'm your host, Ross. We are here at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time every single Monday. Um, and most, and sometimes we get the treat of being able to talk about the Bron- how well the Broncos did or maybe some positive for the Broncos game. But this week, we get to talk about why they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but like I said, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be here live next Monday as well, like I said. Um, and we're going to be going through the game, um, some stupid things from Nathaniel. Hackett, uh, some more stuff about Russell Wilson, of course, um, the biggest issue on this team, one guy that got severely overlooked yet again in this game, um, and I'm going to talk about some of that George Payton stuff you, I've seen in the Instagram comments and stuff like that, um, and uh, it, it's challenging, of course, but I do have three reasons why we can still be positive as Denver Broncos fans. Uh <laughs> 
there's um not not too many out there but there are some i promise you i promise you there are reasons uh but let's uh go ahead of course i gave a little bit more uh, uh of a game breakdown on the latest horse tracks podcast that went live on any podcasting site or platform you um look at stuff on um that went live earlier this morning so when you're done here you can go ahead and listen to that podcast as well i um, really appreciate you if you guys are listening live or whether you're watching the replay of this on twitch i know hundreds of you uh guys did that last week um and then of course if you're listening to the podcast version of this that goes out in the afternoons every monday um thank you so much as well because you are still really really awesome for that and i just greatly appreciate any follows or um, subscriptions that you want to throw over at us for Twitch. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this game because um, Sunday was another example of the Broncos trying to force Russell Wilson into a system that does not work for Russell Wilson. You're trying; It's like you're trying to take, you know, um, what, would, would you try and be like taking Joe Montana and put him into in air raid style offense that that Niner team just didn't work like that that west coast offense wasn't exactly that it's like taking lamar jackson and wanting him to be a pocket passer the whole time it's like taking tom brady and wanting him to roll out every single time and be a mobile threat it's just not how these things work uh you can't go ahead and spend a bunch of draft capital on this guy pay him a crap ton of money and then expect him to conform to your system assist uh, a, a system different from the one that he's been in for 10 years of his playing career that just doesn't happen it's stupid to have those kind of expectations and stupid to try to force russell wilson into an offense that he's not com- comfortable or successful in but once again that's what the broncos did this week even with clint kubiak still calling plays we saw a little bit of um hope a little bit of progress last week and all of that went down the drain again this week when we saw a regression from the Broncos offense and just more disappointing, more of the same old. Um, and it's almost just baffling at this point. It's way too many passes from the pocket with Russell Wilson. It was something like, especially out of shotgun, it was like 70% of his passes were out of shotgun um, and in the pocket. So that's not, that doesn't, Go, and that's not going to warrant success if you want to put it that way uh there's not enough moving for him his uh success in seattle became often from moving around making stuff happen with his feet rolling out of the pocket maybe going back sometimes and just being this guy that can um just react on his feet and just be able to come up with these these plays and uh on the fly and it's almost like we saw a little bit of russell wilson calling the plays a couple weeks ago in like in jacksonville as, uh against jacksonville as well in london um we saw him calling some of his own plays and that's where we saw the most success of broncos offense that we've seen all season actually scored three touchdowns that seems just like an insane thing to do for this offense it's it's almost impossible borderline impossible especially when the broncos to correct ourselves um field yates was wrong with his uh kind of stat with the broncos the broncos do not have the worst offense since to the year 2000 they have the 31st worst offense since the year 2000 let me get that exact stat for you guys there um so between 2000 2021 seasons the cleveland browns put up the fewest points by team in season with 161 points in 2000 um so right now the broncos uh, actually not 31st so the 14.27 points for the broncos puts them around 25th on the list 
So, uh, Field Yates, please get it right. Just goes to show you that you cannot trust the pros. Um, and that that was like not even close to being right, which was crazy to see. Um, in his success and uh, like putting his athleticism to work is why he was successful in Seattle. Of course, this can be hindered by his hamstring injury that I'm sure he's still dealing with. Like every single Broncos player is dealing with the hamstring injury. Uh, it shout out to their fantastic strength and conditioning um, staff. They really do seem to be doing the job. Um, and then his O-line is also a reason why this offense either can't be implemented or can't be used well or effectively or let Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things because um, it really just feels like Russell Wilson's running for his freaking life every single play um, that he has to pass the ball. Um, and in fact, he was hit or sacked on 33% of his passing plays on Sunday against the Panthers, who don't even have an amazing pass rush. So, 33%, that's freaking massive. A, a third, every three times Russell Wilson went to go to pass, he would um, either get hit or sacked. That is abysmal stats right there. He was sacked three times, and he was hit ten times. Um, and he was forced to scramble he only had two successful scrambles where he was able to avoid being sacked um, or wasn't forced to being, throw the ball away. He was forced to scramble on pretty much in what it felt like every single play that we saw. He had two successful scrambles where he was able to uh, pick up at least a couple yards. Uh, but besides that, he was getting hit, running for his life, or throwing incompletions. So it feels like um, Russell Wilson's, uh, we talked about like of his, he had a few more deep completions than we've seen this season, which was nice to see Cortland Sutton getting a couple of those um even with the depleted receiving core we we're still able to see that from him uh but at the same time it was just it just sucked it just sucked and a lot of this is like uh we've been failing to see the broncos offense and russell wilson be able to push the ball effectively down the field you know dicking 20 25 yards on the pass play uh, a lot of that is due to russell wilson's torn lat his torn hamstring taking the power off of his passes but it's also because he's he, he doesn't have any time he has like two seconds to get the ball out so that's why only the quick stuff is working for this broncos team right now because they can't do a single thing they're not having enough time it's it's just another reason why maybe we can give Russell Wilson more leeway. I know a lot of you guys like to he uh, not a lot of you guys like to hear that, but maybe give Russell Wilson a little bit more leeway, and maybe that's why Nathaniel Hackett is going to be coaching the Broncos until the end of the season. Um, and speaking about Hackett, let's go ahead and talk about him because it feels like Nathaniel Hackett's not even doing a single thing right now, especially, you know, being head coach, you think he had more responsibilities, no, but he's not calling plays anymore. He has a coach for game management and he doesn't do anything for the defense clearly because we actually see success on that side of the football and he did absolutely nothing during that Russell Wilson, Mike Purcell situation that we saw going on on the sideline. Of course, uh, if you listen, saw the quotes from Russell Wilson and Mike Purcell, they um, downplayed it. They said it was all positive, nothing. It wasn't like a negative situation. It was more like them just trying to fire each other up, um, which is fine. And you can hear my take on that one in um, from this morning's horse tracks. Uh, but this happened literally right behind Nathaniel Hackett, and he didn't even turn around. In fact, he had a uh, quote post game um where he was asked about this um and he said quote i didn't see it i know that they're both competitors i know that mike wants to win and he's going to do whatever he can to do 
uh, to try and get the team fired up. I'm not sure, but we'll get to the bottom of it. Gosh, that's freaking horrible. They're right behind you, and you didn't see it. You didn't hear it. It sounds like you want nothing to do with it because you're scared of having to deal with a, in, an issue that requires a head coach, possibly. Now, you got lucky that this that the, both the players are apparently fine on this one, that they're not having issues with each other. I don't think the locker room's turned on Russell Wilson yet, but you have a coach that doesn't even know what the heck is going on. Um, it almost... It feels like he's refusing to even acknowledge it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that he didn't know that was happening. Um, the only problem is I could really see how he could be so oblivious to that because he is just that bad of a head coach. Um, and then also yeah, another horrible post-game interview. This wasn't. This was just a part of this this horrible post-game interview. He was even asked about his job situation, and we got another perfect Nathaniel Hackett-esque quote. Um, go ahead and, uh, and listen to this one here. Throughout the season, how do you keep that, you know, now that most of the sort of tangible goals for the season, are, you know, especially as the fans of postseason are, are gone? Uh, it's about accountability. Everybody's got to see what they can do themselves to be able to get better. Um, it goes in all three phases. All three phases have to be better. That starts with me. I got to be better. The coaches got to be better. Players got to be better. And uh, we just continually talk about uh, growing, understanding where we're going to go and uh, what we can do. Are you worried at all about your own status after a loss like this, given it's, what, seven of eight games you guys have dropped? Uh, I mean, it's about the team. You know, I'm just, I just want to find a way to win a football game. I mean, that's so important to me. Uh, these coaches, these players, they work uh, so hard, and I just want to be there for them to be able to try to make it so we can be successful out of the field. As you evaluate everything from this game, will play calling duties be another thing that you evaluate going into Baltimore? I think we're always evaluating everything. We want to try to put ourselves in the best position possible. I think Clint has done a good job, and we got to, whoever's calling the plays, we got to find a way to get more yards and more points. Yeah, that's all we need to hear from that one. Uh, uh, I, I really want to know what that screaming was in there. I mean, it's clear there, there are people there that are actually able to be happy. Um, from what transpired during that game. But there's just another example of Nathaniel Hackett just being super tone deaf, not knowing anything what to say when it comes to how to manage this team. Or I think, if anything, he just proves... Here's here's my conspiracy theory. One of them is that my one that I'll die on the hill on is that the salary cap is not real. It's just a myth perpetuated by Big Goodell to push... Um, that the league is actually fair and even. Not buying it. Not buying that, Roger. But my other conspiracy is that Nathaniel Hackett is secretly a robot. And what's been happening is that he was just a prototype robot. His in, as a coach who wasn't loaded with enough lines or script, so he's just saying the same things. That's exactly why he's saying the same things week after week after week. Um, talk about how it comes down to accountability. I gotta do my job. We gotta take a look at everything going on. Um, what, what's another one? Um, oh yeah, third down. Third down is an issue. Um, that that's one that he always talks about. What's uh, that's something we've continually talked about over and over again. Is what he said. Um, it, it's, <laughs> gosh, dude, it's freaking ridiculous. It, he like, I people are talking about how tone deaf Russell Wilson's tweets are on Twitter. I think that has nothing on Hackett's. Um, post-game press conferences and even his press conferences during any time not just post-game just any of his press conferences he says the same thing I I'm so confused do, do you think anything changes week after week because I don't it's almost like Groundhog Day for um, Nathaniel Hackett every single week 
and it's just so, so frustrating. The only problem about this is that Nathaniel Hackett, here's the title of the stream, Nathaniel Hackett is not going to be fired this offseason or this season, unfortunately. It's going to be, it's, we're not going to be able to get the good news until the offseason comes around because um, I think for there's a couple good reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is just because um, historically, um, coaches, first year coaches are not fired during the season. That's just not something that happens. Um, so historically the Broncos don't have that on their side. I don't think new management is, they should, they should make a statement and the new owners be like, Hey, we're not going to let this fly. We want to change the culture and they're going to make a move during the season. Um, I don't think they're going to, but also another thing is that like kind of what I talked about earlier, you are giving this quarterback $250 million before he even places down for you. You trade away two first round picks for him. You made all these moves for him. And you, you really like just committed to this guy and he's not performing anywhere near the levels that you thought or hoped to see from him or are expecting to see from him at that point. But you have a safety net. You have the blame game on your side. You can't just blame Nathaniel Hackett and this coaching staff and the injuries and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you almost have Nathan Hackett's almost serving as a safety blanket for Russell Wilson as the excuse of why Russell Wilson is bad this year. So that gives you a little bit more leeway and a little bit more time to see if Russell Wilson could do Russell Wilson things. Um, in fact, this might even save George Payne a little bit. Um, and this is just going to save face. Um, when it comes to Russell Wilson, at least they're, they're doing their best because if you go ahead and fire Hackett now, uh, maybe promote um, a coach from the Broncos, maybe you throw Evero um, up to the head coach spot, or if you just bring in maybe someone from the outside of the organization as well. Um, and we talked a couple weeks ago about Champ Bailey being the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but we also we talked about there is that um, so the Broncos do that and Russell Wilson is still bad. That just means all that we can't blame Pack anymore. That means all the blame is going to go to Russell Wilson. That's going to make the franchise in the um, um, front staff um, for office staff just look that much worse because the move for Russell Wilson is clearly not coming close to paying off in any level that they thought it would. So this gives Russell Wilson more time to operate. This gives him more time to get better. It gives him more time to fit in with the Denver Broncos. Um, like, it's, like I said, it's just buying time. So that's why I, um, a reason why Nathaniel Hackett is not going um, to be um, fired this season. In fact, there's a really good article that you should go read um, as soon as um, you're done with this live stream, um, because over at milehighreport.com, um, there's a there's a solid article done um, by uh, one by Nick Birch, um, and also one by the one I really want to talk about. Um, Nick did a great job, but also Jess Place. Um, he goes ahead and and uh, talked about. Uh, he has an article titled "Why Firing Nathaniel Hackett Is a Problem for the Denver Broncos." Um, so. When you solve one problem, then you have to deal with the biggest problem. That is one you should go check out as soon as you're done listening to this. Awesome article. Jess did a fantastic job with that one. Um, but let's go ahead. Um, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and um, link it to you guys here. Um, in fact, so in the chat. 
so you guys can go ahead and just listen to this one you don't have to go find it for yourselves so let's make it a little bit easier for you guys there you go um it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But there's that, and that's why coaching is still the number one issue with this team offensively. That's why I just talked about with Russ and kind of hack it in its own. But uh, one of the biggest things here is that they still just constantly fail. One thing that we saw extremely obvious in this game is that they just consistently fail to make any sort of halftime adjustments or adjustments during any time of the game. Um, I I guess it kind of made adjustment here. One thing I was going to talk about is they were just getting freaking gashed on the ground. This happened against the Raiders last week. Happened again this week. Uh, the Panthers were using um, this really effective six offensive line set where they essentially had, you know, a 310 pound tight end uh, be able to help block. And that's why they were just giving us so many runs up the inside. Um, but also even on the outside too, is because um, their pass rushers and their defensive ends cannot set an edge to save their lives so only pass rushers on the broncos team this year that have been able to actually set edges and not just rush the passer uh, rush the passer excuse me have been brandy gregory who's injured and probably still has another few weeks till he could come back and bradley chubb who of course is not bronco anymore but you know with the whole bradley chubb thing i was glad for what they were able to trade him with i thought that whole situation was just fine um but this was good coaching by the panthers to recognize denver's inability to stop the run or to set the edge and they just took advantage of flaws right there um and the broncos did try to combat this they did try to make an adjustment um so to their credit they tried to make one adjustment in this where they did a lot of five um, down lineman sets um, to combat this six offensive line um, offense that the Panthers were using but still that wasn't enough it didn't really do anything um, to affect the Panthers run game in any way and it was like well we tried that well uh, there's not really anything else we can do we're just going to get beat on the ground every single time um, and then also DJ Moore was just dicing up the Broncos secondary in this one. It was it's unfortunate to see Patrick Sertan's been struggling the last couple weeks and I'm not sure if this falls on him. It's just eventually it's gonna happen when as a defense, you have to just keep playing lights out performances every single week if you want even a remote chance to win a football game. Um, but DJ Moore, he had 63% of all Panthers receiving yards. Um, they did little to adjust to him. They did little to um, try to get some extra coverage on DJ Moore, and they were just getting just blown apart in the secondary. Um, and then another thing that is just bad to see, especially when it comes to run defense, is that Justin Simmons 
their safety, and I'm not taking anything away from Justin Simmons. He's one of the best run-stopping safeties in in the league, um, or just safeties in general. Um, but Justin Simmons finished the game with the most tackles, more than Alex Singleton and more than Josie Jewell, and that um, indicates how bad this run defense performed as well. Um, that just goes to show that there was a lot of more of second and third level tackles. In fact, most tackles are going to be made around the second level, but this was most of the tackles being made around the third level, having to have your safety come down and make the play because your linebackers, or because your defensive line couldn't make a stop the line of scrimmage, your linebackers were getting caught up in the defensive line's failure, so you had to have the safety come bail you, bail you out, and that's why the Panthers had such a good yards per carry average throughout this game. And then another coaching issue, I will blame this one on coaching, uh, because Greg Dulcich, he's a guy that has been amazing ever since he stepped foot on the field for the Denver Broncos. He looks like a guy that's going to be just a really solid talent for the Broncos going out in the future. Another great pick by George Payton so far. He has another game of being underutilized. He caught just two passes in this game for 11 yards, um, and he was only targeted three times this game. Technically, he had another target and what would have been a touchdown catch late in the game, but it was called back due to a legal touch. He went out of bounds. Um, and well, also, it's just offsetting penalties as well. But legal touches ultimately what took away that touchdown. Uh, really, would have only made his stat line look better anyway. Um, and it kind of doesn't really change the fact that he was still severely underutilized in this game. Um, it was really only Cortland Sutton that saw targets or success in this game. He had eight targets, six receptions for 75 yards with a long of 22. And another just bad stat to hear is that these 75 yards were the or they are the fourth most receiving yards in the game for Cortland Sutton this season. I believe he has uh, one game over 100. He had like one game in the 80s and one game in the 90s. So, um, heck, you even talk about that um, Cortland Sutton's being underutilized too. But Greg Dulcich, um, in the last few games that we've seen, he has breakout game and then against the Chargers and when he first you know made his presence known essentially but he's been getting maybe maybe five targets a game and the Broncos need to do a lot better than that um especially when your your tight end room has been so bad the last number of years you need your, to do your best to pull them up especially when you're suffering so many injuries on the wide receiving front um as well so the Broncos just need to do a little bit better in, in that case by a little bit better I mean they need to do a lot better because it whatever they're doing is not working um, their offense schemes are not working you have an injured receiving core and you're still not able to get the ball to Greg Dulcich you're still not doing enough to, to design plays around him I know he's a rookie I know we're only just kind of seeing his potential but he's the kind of guy where you can design plays around him and it will it will be just fine all right that's absolutely something that the Denver Broncos should do. Um, but like I said, we're going to move past this. Uh, we're going to move past this game recap. And we're just going to um, we're going to try to find ways to be positive here. Because that's one thing that I like to do on this one. I try to keep the positivity up um, even when there isn't a whole lot to be able to sort through um, and, and find reasons to be positive. But I do have them. I do have them. So don't just just ignore me here. I have reasons to stay positive. So, reason number one, kind of talking about the whole receiving core stuff, is that so even the injuries to the receiving core, that's a bad. But positive from that is that it's allowed for the rookies and for other receivers 
to develop. We've seen, we've seen Kendall Hinton a, a pretty good amount. He's looked pretty solid this year. But um, Jalen Virgil, we uh, saw a breakout uh, game again with him a couple weeks ago um, against the Titans. Um, he had the the lone touchdown for the Denver Broncos. Is that long thing? Is like a sixty yard, sixty three yard touchdown um, reception for Jalen Virgil. So he's been able to get more playing time. Montreal Washington's been able to get more playing time as a receiver too, getting a lot more experience than they would have um, with Judy, with Hamler, with Tim Patrick healthy. Now, of course, I'm not saying that I want those guys injured, but it's just a good thing to be able to build up the depth on essentially what is a throwaway season anyway. Broncos aren't going to be able to do anything, so you might as well get those rookies developed and see what you get from them and try to get them as ready as possible for the sophomore year when hopefully the Broncos are reloaded with a healthy quarterback, with a healthy team, with a new coaching staff, um, and with a better desire to win football games, essentially. Um, and reason to be positive number two, there are still tons of excuses of why Russell Wilson's bad this year. We still have so much to blame. We don't have to just go say, hey, Russell Wilson's over. We wasted so much money on this guy. We wasted so much cap space on this guy. We wasted first round picks on this guy. We don't have to say that yet because the Broncos still have other reasons to blame. Um, and it's not just everything falling on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Kind of why I talked about with that whole Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, why they keep him kind of stuff. And lastly, the Broncos have finally recorded a rush of 20 yards or more this season. Latavius Murray in this one in this game put up 50 and put up a 52 yard run. So that's the first time this season that the Broncos have been able to have a rushing attempt for more than 20 yards. They've had a 19 yarder, but they've been the only team this season, um, at least until this last week, to not have a run for more, 20 or more yards. The Broncos don't have to worry about that anymore. They got that monkey off the back. Also, just another week where I'm able to talk about just how good and underrated Latavius Murray has been in this Broncos offense. He's been one of the consistent, um, maybe not bright spots, but non-dark spots. He's been, we know what to expect from him. He's been the guy that's been grinding it out. It's He's a guy that um, could... Uh, I guess, at least in this time, without Javante Williams, be able to take over the workhorse kind of role and just be able to pound that rock for like 60% of the plays at least. Um, he's been, we know what to expect from him. He's been putting up touchdowns, and I've been pleasantly surprised that we were able to sign from a practice squad, and he's been putting up this kind of performance for the Broncos. That is good stuff. Thank you, Latavius Murray. I really appreciate what you have done this season. Uh, but we're kind of running out of time to see Nathaniel Hackett fired live. Uh, but I guess one thing I want to talk about, um, just while we still have a little bit of time, maybe just trying to buy time. If it hasn't happened yet this morning, I don't think it's going to happen at all. And I kind of think it's not going to happen all this season. Um, but one thing I just want to talk about, my, my little mini rant before we cap things off here, is just that uh, when, in regards to George Payton, um, this is mostly coming off of, uh, I'm not sure if it's you guys necessarily watching this or listening to this that have this thought, but I've definitely seen a lot of um, the comments on the Instagram. So, of course, take, I'm taking from Instagram, I'm taking from social media. Take that with a massive pinch of salt. Um, but a lot of people have been speaking out against George Payton for the last four weeks they've been speaking about him for his job they've been calling essentially they've been putting him in Peyton George Payton in the same conversation as Nathaniel Hackett and his Russell Wilson 
and they're calling for his job. They're calling for him to be fired. And I swear, that has to be one of the most fickle and kind of dumb things. Um, just just being being honest and, and um, giving my, my gen- genuine thoughts on that one. I think that take is really stupid. Um, we're totally forgetting that George Payne is just in his second year as a GM. In his first year that he took over, he had a phenomenal draft. A lot of people are now saying to take Justin Fields, that the Broncos messed up by taking Patrick Sertan over Justin Fields. Um, but that is only a, a um, take that you could have in perfect hindsight because especially what we saw last year, uh, freaking Patrick Sertan was in conversations of an all-pro rookie year, a historically good rookie year, and Justin Fields had nothing going for him. He looked horrible. That Bears team looked horrible last year. So last year, that pick looked totally fine, but now this year, since uh, Justin Fields is seeing some development, Patrick Jertan is still playing at top of the league kind of level, top five cornerback kind of level, but now Justin Fields has this stuff, and Russell Wilson is a workout week in like, um, the Broncos drafted Patrick Jertan. They even have they're still trying to develop Drew Locke there as well, giving him one more season to try to perform. So the situation, totally different. Um, so criticizing Payton uh, for drafting Sertan over Justin Fields, that's, that's a dumb take. And then also criticizing him. All these criticisms against Payton can only be made with hindsight. All right, They're criticizing him for um, bringing on Hackett. For bring out Russell Wilson, who could have known that Russell Wilson was going to see this much regression, um, and then who would have known that Nathan Hackett was going to be this inept? In fact, um, to be fair with that one, um, there was some writing on the wall. It was another taking a risk by bringing on a first-year head coach. There's always tons of risk with that, especially when the Broncos were like a more veteran kind of coaches as well before eventually bringing on Hackett. Um, in fact, there's a lot of talks that they maybe brought on Hackett um, because they had that thought that they were going to be able to bring in Aaron Rodgers and they weren't even necessarily thinking about Russell Wilson and Hackett. They were thinking about Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. So there's an argument to be made there, which of course could be a big oversight and a big mistake um, by Payton. But even his... Just his track record of draft picks alone should be able to speak for themselves. We went from a John Elway era where he was a fantastic player for the Denver Broncos, one of the best quarterbacks to ever walk the field, one of the best arms talents we've ever seen. But when it comes to vice president or GM or any role that he had with the Broncos when it came to picking, making picks or taking uh, hiring coaches, he was horrible. He just had the, an obsession with tall quarterbacks that never worked out. His drafting record is abysmal. So be able to bring in George Payton, who's already done so, so, so much more than what John Elway was able to accomplish in the span of two drafts. That is perfect reason why the Broncos should not even be thinking about firing George Payton. Um, I just think it's a bad take. I don't understand it. I think it's a misguided kind of take right there. Um, and so I think we sh- those are my reasons why we should rethink that. Um, and we should be happy that we have George Payton at the helm um, and that the Broncos are going to wash their hands of this Hackett mess next season and they're going to be a lot better football team and they're still going to see real success in the draft for years to come i believe that it's fact uh it's not fact it's it's my opinion but i really really think that's the case here we need to show on this whole fire hack it nonsense it, or uh no sorry not chill on the fire hack it nonsense excuse me chill out on the fire payton nonsense that there's definitely 
<laughs> the fire hack it stuff is certainly anything but nonsense. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. This is pretty much going to wrap it for us here on this edition of Mile High Report Live. Uh, thank you guys so much, whether you're tuning in live on Twitch um, or if you're catching the recording on Twitch, if you're watching this on YouTube as well, or if you're listening to the podcast version of this later in the afternoon on Monday, or I mean, let's be honest, any day. If you're listening to this in any way, at any time, for any reason, Thank you. There we go. I feel like that was able to cover some more of the bases. Uh, but if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and follow us or subscribe to us on Twitch. Follow us on any podcasting platform you might be listening to this on. Um, go ahead and go on over to milehighreport.com. Catch tons of awesome articles daily to um, plug myself, I guess, since I have this time. Uh, power rankings. My 32-team power rankings drop every Tuesday. Um, and my overreactions from the Carolina Panthers game will be out on Wednesday. Uh, but like I said, I genuinely appreciate your support. You guys knocked last week's video out of the park in terms of views on Twitch. Um, and so I just really, really appreciate that. But I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Um, I can't wait to be live on Black Monday after the season's over so we can actually see and talk about the news with Hackett being fired. Um, and I just hope that you guys have an awesome week going to the Christmas season. Hope you guys just have an awesome time with families. Um, hopefully work goes easy and we're just able to have a nice rest of the year we'll see you guys um, on even my articles on instagram podcasts or if anything i'll just see you next monday 10 a.m mountain standard time